I'm Dave Rubin and joining me today is a comedian, a podcaster, and host of Louder with Crowder on Blaze TV. Steven Crowder, Dr. Jordan Peterson, Andy No, Candace Owens, John Hannity, Donald Trump Jr., Ben Shapiro. Dave Rubin hosts The Rubin Report on YouTube and he joins us tonight. I have to say that my brain is still in recovery mode from taking in so many high-level important ideas. Hey, what's going on, you far-right conspiracy theorists? How you doing, people? I'm Dave Rubin. You probably know Dave Rubin as a well-known right-wing YouTube host on The Blaze TV, who frequently appears on conservative networks and hosts a range of guests from intellectual dark web members to far-right white nationalists. You've also likely seen him say something very stupid or uninformed. Third-degree murder without getting too much into all of the specifics, but you should do a little Googling on your own. In right. essence, third-degree murder is like if you drove your car intentionally into a crowd of people to kill a lot of people, or you started <laughs> firing into a crowd intentionally just maiming people. First degree and second degree, that's probably what's more applicable in this. But Keith Ellison is throwing that third degree charge in there in a way, <laughs> in my estimation at least, because he wants riots and he knows that this will make it harder to convict. Ruben has become a frequent target of many members of the left-wing media on YouTube, mainly because his talking points don't often hold up very well when questioned. Too many high-level important ideas. His brain is now in recovery mode again. Yes. But like, uh, try a little harder, man. Like, try a little harder. You're getting paid really well to be a political commentator. Like, at least make it so I don't laugh at you and think you're a pathetic human being. You might be wondering where this guy came from. Has he always been this oddly inept propagandist for the GOP? Well, as of 2020, with the release of his book, Don't Burn This Book, Ruben still considered himself a classical liberal. However, he's gone through many transformations before his current form as a Trumpist ideologue. We're going to discuss where he started and what led Dave Rubin to what he has become now on your weekly Fonzie Scheme Briefing. David Joshua Rubin was born to secular Jewish parents in New York in 1976. I'll let his attempt at a humorous biography on his 2004 blog Rubinville explain his childhood upbringing. David was born in June of 1976 on a beautiful autumn day. His mother was particularly pleased with the birth because she had been pregnant with him for slightly over 17 months. After his birth, David did a lot of drooling and crapping for several years. Then he went to nursery school, which, after excelling in, he followed up with by going to not only kindergarten, but also to elementary school. Middle school for David was the time in the middle of elementary school and high school. The high school years were filled with all kinds of wonderful stories, but due to the drugs David would later do, note the misspelling here, in college, he can no longer remember any of them. Hilarious stuff. He went on to graduate in 1998 with a degree in political science from Binghamton University and began his career performing in stand-up comedy in New York City. He cites Bill Cosby as his sole inspiration for taking up stand-up. I want to talk a little bit about Bill Cosby. This is the story that's not going away. I've told this many times how 1983, I was seven years old, sitting in my parents' den. I watched himself, his HBO special. It made me want to become a comedian, literally changed my life. This is a true hero of mine. He also admittedly forged a document to secure an internship on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart in 1999. While he didn't find much mainstream success as a comic himself, Dave co-founded a comedy club in Times Square called The Comedy Company in 2004, which, according to an interview he did about it, seemed like a tourist trap for unsuccessful hacks who would lie about their credits to garner an audience. 
He later started a few podcasts, which got picked up by Here TV, an LGBTQ-focused television network. In 2008, he hosted a show called Hot Gay Comics, which featured comedians from the LGBTQ community in New York. I'm like the uh, Johnny Carson of gay <laughs> comedy, basically. Right. Uh... In this time, he didn't speak too much about politics publicly, but in some unearthed blog posts from 2005 and 2006, you find not only the ramblings of a bitter, unsuccessful comic, but also some ignorant misogyny as well as Islamophobia sprinkled in. In 2006, he wrote, Some Arabs just burned down a Chuck E. Cheese's in Pakistan. Hell will freeze over before I have people like that in charge of my ports, unquote. Generalizing all residents of the Muslim world as violent Arabs is foreshadowing for what we would see from him later. After his shows on Here TV were canceled, Ruben co-hosted a podcast and a radio show on Sirius XM called Six Pack. Kelly Carlin, the daughter of George Carlin, described Dave at this time as, quote, a progressive. He's absolutely on the left, unquote. She went on to recommend him for a job at the growing progressive news outlet on YouTube called The Young Turks in January of 2013. This is where Dave began his YouTube channel, The Rubin Report. Hello, Internet. My name is Dave Rubin. I am the newest host here on the Young Turks Network. We're doing a show called The Rubin Report. My last name's Rubin. It just kind of worked out perfectly. It was uh, me or Rubin stuttered. I work uh, cheaper. So uh, here we go. The flip-flopping on issues began on day one. This is The Rubin Report. My name's Rubin. It worked, it was nice, it was me or Ruben Stuttered. He works cheaper, yet they still went with me pretty good. The show mostly consisted of him hosting a panel, reacting to various news and pop culture stories from a liberal and attempted comedic perspective. So we're gonna be doing a comedy panel talk show, kind of like The View Meets Sports Center. The View Meets Sports Center. Sounds like a show for everyone. There was also a lot of discussion about porn. It seemed like almost every week he would just type into Google porn news and talk about it with his guest. It wasn't coming from a place of being pro-sex workers' rights. I think he assumed simply talking about porn was great comedy. This is the internet. You probably have porn open right now. I, I know what you're doing. Let's talk about pornography because yes, this is the internet. And as I said earlier, most likely you have another tab open right up there and we know what you're doing. I'm pretty sure that uh, everyone watches porn. I've uh, done a little research on this. And yeah, everyone watches porn. You got a computer in your bedroom and a computer and, and porn is just there all the time. We can't do a week without porn. And uh, okay, now back to your porn. Politically, the Rubin Report at this time was just a progressive talk show with guests sharing their left-wing perspectives on the Republican Party, LGBTQ rights, climate change, and a range of progressive issues. Rubin's show remained on TYT for two years until it was announced he was leaving the network. So Dave's been a great part of the network for a long time. The Rubin Report obviously appeared on the Young Turks uh, many, many times. He's going to do it again tomorrow. Uh, but after that, he is leaving the network. For, uh, he's got a great new job at Riot.org. Not once in two years here did you ever or anyone at TYD ever tell me what to say or that I can't say this or say that or, or anything like that. And to me, that is, uh, that's the best thing about what, what we do here. It seemed to be on completely amicable terms that Dave Rubin left the Young Turks. While he did disagree occasionally with creator and host Cenk Uygur on some issues, they seemed to be getting along just fine when Rubin moved over to Riot. It wasn't until a few months later that Rubin started citing political differences as his reason for leaving, and he began to attack the Young Turks publicly on Twitter. 
TYT host Anna Kasparian explained her thoughts on Dave Rubin in 2018. A few weeks ago on The Young Turks, I addressed my former colleague Dave Rubin. He was someone I considered a close friend for years until he completely blindsided me with his anti-progressive TYT bashing world tour following his departure from TYT Network. For years, I avoided addressing his lies on air. To be honest, we were such close friends that I thought things would somehow get better. Why did he really leave The Young Turks? Can I please finally tell the truth about why he left the Young Turks. He wanted to make a six-figure salary to host a 30-minute-a-week show when everyone here, you know, because we work for an independent news company, was getting paid far less while working 12-hour days. That's why Dave Rubin left the company. Dave Rubin, however, cited his disagreements about Ben Affleck's and Sam Harris's infamous appearance on Bill Maher and TYT's coverage of it as his main reason for leaving. Bill Maher, who had been the standard bearer for the left, mm -hmm. the most you know, outspoken liberal there is, who has fought against wars, who has fought for every minority and to grow the state and welfare and all of these things. He's been a standard bearer of the left. And suddenly this guy, Sam Harris, I didn't even know who Sam Harris was. That's the God's honest truth. I, I wasn't even following him on Twitter. I did not know who he was. Here's this calm guy, lays out a couple Pew statistics. The next day, all the newspapers, all the online outlets, now saying, is Bill Maher racist? Mm -hmm. Bill Maher, I mean, no, no one can point to evidence of him ever being racist. The most popular name in the United, in the United Kingdom, Brit, Great Britain, this was in the news this week, for babies this year was Muhammad. Am I a, am I a racist to feel I'm alarmed by that? Because I am. Yeah, and it's not because of the race, it's because of the religion. I don't have to apologize, do I, for not wanting the Western world to be taken over by Islam? <laughs> I thought when we elected a black president, we were going to get a black president. I, you know, this is where I want a real black president. I want him in a meeting with the BP CEOs, you know, where he lifts up his shirt so they can see the gun in his pants. That's... Now, I have an issue about, you called it the N-word. I say that, you know, blacks are like, whites cannot say this word. I disagree. I think I'm the only Not one qualified okay. here okay. to talk about right. this Wait issue. Wait a second. to blacks. There's First a very of all, different I dynamic. wouldn't even know you were black if you didn't tell me. Get to Nebraska more. <laughs> You're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. Ah, work in the fields. That's part of that. <laughs> Senator, I'm a house After only a few months with Riot, Ruben saw no growth in his YouTube channel whatsoever, so he made another shift to Larry King's Aura TV. Larry King must have had some respect for him at this time, because when Dave interviewed him in 2020, it was clear Larry King did not give much importance to Dave Rubin's show. And it's ringing right now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Hello? <laughs> hey, Cannon, hey, where are you? I just got back to school from... Oh, you didn't have a game today. I got a list. You got a doubleheader this coming Saturday. How did you do? The call went on for a full two minutes. While with Aura TV, Dave began his transformation into a classical liberal, as he calls himself. At this time, he really wanted to identify as an atheist free speech warrior. His first guest on the network was with the intellectual dark web zone, Sam Harris. Despite his frequent criticisms of progressives, or as he called them, regressives, Dave Rubin hadn't become a Trump supporter yet. 
He had a viral interview with far-right political commentator Milo Yiannopoulos in October of 2015, and Dave had not yet fully adopted his interview style. He actually pushed back on some of the talking points Milo put forth. The reason I have a go at atheists is because it's fun, because they're so thin-skinned. They're, like, um, they're like libertarians, or they're like um, cyclists, or liberal democrats in the UK, or um, you know, any other sort of, or well, feminists, in fact. Um, you know, so they're so easy to wind up. I mean, you know, because of how many atheists did it take to change the light bulb? And before you've even given the punchline, people are furious, and there's a Reddit thread about it, and they're just so much fun. And this right, is but why would you be going after the people that it's easy to go after? I mean, every poll shows that atheists well, are like the most hated minority then, in the country. People oh, would never, please. People would never oh, vote please. For These people victims. <laughs> this was the type of high-minded discussion the anti-progressives were embracing in 2015. I never thought I could hate, agree, and disagree with so many things in a 20-second clip. Dave also welcomed Don Lemon to his program a few months later in a very positive interview. So I should tell everybody that right before we started the recording here, uh, you said to me, what are we going to talk about? And I said to you that I knew with you I wasn't going to have to, you know, a lot of times I'll tell my guests, oh, we're going to touch on these kind of things. But I knew with you that you were going to be cool with that. So I hope that that alone, I want my audience to know that because I hope that alone will dispel some of this stuff about sort of how a lot of you guys have to operate or at least how you have to operate. Because the person that I know off the camera is the same guy that I know right this second. 2016 is when Dave really began his conservative awakening. As someone clearly driven by money and subscriber count, he platformed guests that his audience wanted and they wanted anti-left voices. Following his friendly encounter with Don Lemon in January, over the next few months, Ruben welcomed guests that ranged from mainstream conservative to conspiratorial alt-right, including Tommy Robinson, Sargon of Akkad, Ben Shapiro, Mike Cernovich, and Paul Joseph Watson. Dave didn't really express his opinions in these interviews. He just allowed the guests to push their agendas and appeal to his growing audience. The main problem with Dave Rubin's interview style is that he invites on very controversial guests, but doesn't go too deep with the questioning, so these people who often hold hateful and bigoted views don't fully reveal themselves and come off as rational thinkers. In 2016, these figures were growing in massive popularity with the rise of Donald Trump, and Dave was there to cash in on it every step of the way. In mid-2016, Dave Rubin left Aura TV and went independent. By independent, I mean he wasn't attached to any specific network. He was able to do this in part due to his announced partnership later that year with Learned Liberty, a libertarian subsidiary of the Institute for Humane Studies at George Mason University. This institute is pretty much a conservative funding haven. Their donor list is a who's who of conservative foundations and family trusts, including the Koch brothers and the Scaife family. He was also heavily funded by Patreon subscribers, so he knew if he wanted the checks to keep rolling in, he needed to appeal to what his audience wanted. Over the next year, Rubin completely abandoned his previously progressive ideals. In February of 2017, Dave Rubin joined the conservative propaganda hub Prager University, it's not an actual university, in a video called Why I Left the Left, in which he had never heard of explicit content warnings on music. Putting trigger warnings on books, movies, music, anything that might offend people, that's not progressive either. All of this has led me to believe that much of the left is no longer progressive, but regressive. Today's progressivism has become a faux moral movement hurling charges of racism, bigotry, xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, and a slew of other meaningless buzzwords at anyone they disagree with. The battle of ideas has been replaced by a battle of feelings. If you can find one video Dave Rubin has put out in the last five years that doesn't include the word ideas, please tweet it at me, at Evan Fonzie. One month after the PragerU video came out, he still was claiming on Twitter to support single-payer healthcare. However, he clearly did not know what single-payer healthcare was. 
This embrace of classical liberalism is just a sham to draw people into conservatism. Dennis Prager told Dave Rubin to his face that Dave calling himself a liberal was useful. You, I, I want you to continue to say you're, you're a liberal because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're of great use uh, to, to good values. Well, don't worry, I'm not doing it for, my, for your use no, of me. I know I'm doing, that. I'm doing I it know. for myself. I no, 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 no. Yeah. It's like Christians who say to me, you know, oh, we would love you to come to Christ, but you are so valuable to us as a Jew when you defend us Christians. Yeah. And they're right. You are valuable in, in the best sense of the word. It's almost sad how big of a shill these people are. In 2016 and 2017, Rubin continued to have on guests that were either gateways or members of the alt-right themselves, including Dinesh D'Souza, Lauren Southern, Glenn Beck, Blair White, Candace Owens, Jordan Peterson, Tim Poole, and the Weinstein Bros, allowing them to spout Islamophobia, transphobia, and cry victimhood over censorship. It came to a head when Dave Rubin interviewed white supremacist and possible cult leader Stefan Molyneux in November of 2017. This discussion included Molyneux spouting racist pseudoscience completely unencumbered, which Molyneux later claimed Rubin actually agreed with and edited out. Through all of this, Rubin claimed to hate both Democrats and Republicans. This, of course, to him meant criticizing everything the left did that he didn't like and rationalizing everything the right did that was reprehensible. Rubin went on to tour with Jordan Peterson in 2018 as the opening stand-up act. I was not aware of many positive reviews of his stand-up, but it elevated Rubin's platform more and more as his subscriber count continued to grow. He had an infamous faceplant on Joe Rogan in 2018, trying to argue against regulation. Do you want the government to tell you how to do all these things and all the regulations that you got to have your electric thing this far from this and like all well, the, the regulations like that for construction are important though. You do have to make sure that people don't do stupid shit. But make but sure generally, you don't have a power line near a water line. You, you, there's a lot of. But I would put most of that on the builders though. They want to build things that are good. Now I get it. Oh, I get, that's not true. Listen, people. No, cut, no, people are going to build corners all the time. Like you have to have regulations when it comes to construction methods, they, or people are going to get fucked. They cut regulate. They cut corners when there are regulations anyway. They do. They would cut a lot more if there weren't regulations. I'm not totally. You go to third world countries and look at construction methods. They're fucking dangerous. Yeah. That's why schools collapse on kids in foreign countries sometimes. Like. He must have assumed Joe would have the exact interview style Dave applies to his guests. He hasn't returned to Rogan since, and many speculate Joe considers Dave to be a grifter. I mean, I don't want to name any names, but there's a bunch of people that do it blatantly. You see them, and I've even seen them switch teams. And you see them switch teams, and I don't buy their rationalizations when it comes to ideology. What I think is what they're doing is they're switching teams because they realize there's an in on this team. Right. And they can just say, this is the problem with the team I used to be on, those fucking losers. And they're, they're really Benedict Arnold, right? And like, like they probably have as much of an affinity to the ideas of one side as they do the other side. They just go all in on one side to get acceptance from the group. Right. Yeah, there's no way people change their opinion that much over two years or something like that. Or, you know, it's like they just decide this group makes more sense now. And I've been attacked by people on the left, so I'm going to go to the right. As soon as you feel like someone's a grifter, yeah. you've got to cast them out. In September 2019, it was announced that the Rubin Report would be joining Glenn Beck's Blaze TV. In an almost too convenient evolution of ideology, only a couple months later, Dave Rubin said he was no longer an atheist. He waited a while, but in late 2020, Dave finally endorsed Trump and took on his final form of Trumpist Republican, fully giving voice to the completely false claims of widespread election fraud and becoming a frequent guest on Newsmax in the past few months. In conclusion, I believe Dave Rubin is a grifter. I think he supports some of the ideas he platforms, especially when you look at his Islamophobic blog post from 2005, but overall, it seems like nothing drives him more than money. He left TYT for more money and hasn't looked back. 
He found an audience on the anti-SJW wing of YouTube and has doubled down on it every step of the way. As he received more and more hate and ridicule from left-wingers, it made him bitter, so he embraced the right even more. It's interesting to look at Dave Rubin's evolution, considering there is a similar movement happening right now in people like Jimmy Dore and Glenn Greenwald. We'll have to keep an eye on where they end up over the next few years. I need to give a big shout out to YouTube creator Jose, whose look at the Rubin Report from 2018 paints a great picture of his growth up to that point. Also a huge shout out to Dave Rubin Clips on YouTube and Twitter. They do amazing work combing through so much Dave Rubin content to find the most absurd moments. I will link both of them in the description below. That does it for this week's Fonzie Scheme Briefing. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Evan Fonzie, and come hang out in a Twitch live stream sometime. We're live at twitch.tv slash Evan Fonzie every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Clips from the Twitch show drop on my YouTube channel frequently at youtube.com slash Evan Fonzie. As always, our music was composed, written, and recorded by Ari Solis. Check him out at arisolis.bandcamp.com or somewhere to hide.com. We'll see you next week. Oh,